tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Today, we are going to tackle the topic of mentors. Now, a lot of people that we um, look up to and aspire to speak on having mentors in other areas of life. So we are going to just talk about mentors in regards to marriage, what that looks like, um, how we are actively or inactively um, engage with mentors and talk about the importance of people who speak into your marriage and how that can shape and form marriage. So um, I ask you, Brian, in your marriage, do you have any mentors? Well, before you answer, maybe what does a mentor mean to you? Maybe we'll talk about that so everyone can be on the same page. Gotcha. Um, so that's a fair question and a good question. Um, what does a mentor mean to me? Um, a mentor to me is someone who you can actively seek advice from, um, maybe draw on their experience or experiences so you can seek knowledge on things that I guess you need to improve yourself on, or in our case, improve our marriages on, right? Um, right. I, I feel like it's always better to learn from others, I wanna say mistakes, because that because that could be the case, um, but more than Maybe that- Maybe experiences, like, experiences. Well, well yeah, um, but I, I guess I think the way I always think about it is you learn from making mistakes. Right. True. I can get with that. Yeah. So, um, and I think any mentor in any situation that I've reached out to have always taught typically on the mistakes that they've made to help give you a springboard into success. Right. By learning from, you know, what they've done already or have not done, um, whatever the case may be. So I'll throw it back to you. What is, uh, does mentor or mentorship mean to you? Mentorship. Um, I think it's coupling everything or coupling everything that you've said as well. Yeah, that was really good when you, uh, the pushback on the uh, experiences and the mistakes. Um, but I think it's someone that it's, it's experiential, but also they don't necessarily have to have so much more experience than you, but maybe just different uh, experiences uh, as far as like time, if we're talking time as far as either, or just age, you know, a lot of people think, you know, the mentor has to be like so much older and all that. But I think even if it's, if you've been, um, you know, on the job at the same time and it's the same position, but um, maybe they've, 
just experienced things a little bit different than they can speak into that experience. And um, it's kind of a fine line between just um, what you, some people may not even think they have any mentors, but if it's someone that speaks into your life, um, it's kind of the how you frame that. Because you could just think of it as uh, friends or associates that you kind of do life with, but then in casual conversation, um, things come up that you just pick out. So it can be a loose term, but maybe we should, I like your definition of someone that has, that you lean to or speak over your life about certain experiences that you learn from. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can use that as our kind of baseline. Yeah. And go through that when we talk about mentors. So I think that's good. So um, do you have any mentors in your marriage? Um, so I don't have an active mentor in our marriage. Um, but we do have people we speak to. Um, and you know what? As I'm thinking about it, I don't believe there's anyone currently that we speak to together in our marriage. Um, and so I think that with that being the case, we have to be very careful about who we allow to speak into our marriage um, mm-hmm. because you know, there, there can be an air of uh, separation as far as, or, or lack of cohesiveness, I guess is the, the yeah. way I'm trying to say it. Um, I feel like, you know, my wife, more times than not is going to want to speak to her girlfriends who are married and, mm-hmm. you know, get their experiences and get some advice every once in a while. Um, just as, you know, I would speak to you or, um, you know, I might go and speak to big John about, you know, some of the things that he's gone through or, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I've got a couple other people in my life that I speak to as well. Um, some of them I would say are, before we got married responsible for me still being in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, there was at one point some things that we were going through and I sought some advice and I think more or less I, I just needed to vent. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the best advice I ever got was, Oh, that's, that's a Tuesday problem, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> He was like, you need to put your life and your problems into perspective, man. He was like, that, that's a Tuesday problem. I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, wait till you start having kids and, you know, life really starts happening. He's like, that's a Tuesday problem. So, yeah. you know, I, I look at it a lot differently now and I often go back to the thought of that conversation. Um, so I definitely value having mentors and you know people that I can reach out to um but uh I I think I also wanted to as I'm thinking about it um kind of define how you see allowing people to speak into your marriage right um yeah is it something where I think it's one thing to have a conversation about a topic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to, in my mind, if I'm saying I'm allowing someone to speak into my marriage, what it almost feels like you're 
allowing them to have some sense of control, right? Which I, I know isn't a reality, mm-hmm. but I think it almost inherently happens when you are saying you, you're you can allow someone to speak into your marriage. Does that make sense to you? It does. I think to in my mind, it's more so influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I get what you're saying when you use the word control, but for me, it's more influence because sometimes influence is more what's uh, more powerful. You know what I mean? Because like control, it's it's kind of you think like um, it's kind of something that you can see overtly. Mm. But like influence, you can kind of, um, it can kind of covertly happen. You don't even know it's happening. So with that, like understanding that if you give a mentor that space, that vulnerability and your ear and that value, Mm -hmm. um, you have to consciously think about the influence that they have on your marriage, right? So understanding that you give them that respect in that space, but then you have to, that when you think of influence, you um, actively make the choice to think about it and are you going to implement whatever is happening or um, whatever they may speak on. Um, Because I think that's just a more, uh, not a better way, but a more powerful way to think of it. And so, like, if you think it's influence, obviously, if we think of, like, you know, social media influences or influencers, influencers in general and media, like, not everything they do is um, overt. Like, hey, you have to do this. But if they just mention something, then people go out and buy it. Or if they're just wearing something, people go and buy it without them saying, hey, I got this, blah, blah, blah. Or they could just say... Or they don't say, hey, go get this. They say, I'm wearing such and such. Mm. And then, or, you know, the media says, oh, this is such and such, got this from such and, you know, wherever. And then people just automatically want to do that. So, like, that's kind of those things. Like, if you give some uh, a situation to a mentor and they give you direction, sometimes you can just automatically follow that. But you have to actively think, okay, is this right? Does this fit for my marriage? And will this allow us to prosper? Yeah. Um, so I think, I don't know if that makes sense. As no, it, it that, does. But. Cause it, it puts more of a positive connotation to it. Right. If you use the word control, um, it, you know, there, there's only one entity entity mm-hmm. who can have control. So if you, I guess, uh, give that away in your marriage, as far as you know, speaking into it, then um, you know that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily make sense. But influence, as the way you framed it, is definitely a better word to use um, because at that point you can choose to either take or leave the advice, right? Right. Yeah, I was trying to make it so that the onus is more on you as the quote unquote mentee in the situation. Like you have the choice to follow what they say or not. Control is kind of like you've just all right, they said it, I'm going to do it instead of like, okay, let's, is this the best? And then once you make that choice, you have to, um, you as the one in the marriage has to live with what your, <laughs> that, those actions. So, um, 
that's kind of more what I was getting to, to, to just hone it into you have the last say in your marriage. So you have right. to make those choices. Right. Yeah. So how about you, man? Um, do you have any mentors in your marriage? Um, yeah, we have a couple. Um, and I, for me, I think mentorship doesn't have to be, um, active all the time. It, I feel like it's activated based on, um, proximity, just, you know, any casual conversations. If you've given this person this space, um, then anything that they say has value. So even if it, you might call them for something else, but then end up, they just drop a nugget on you and you're like, Oh yes. You know, thank <laughs> you. I will use that right now. Yeah. Um, so we have, um, the, uh, the couple that did our, or the, um, uh, the elder that married us, um, and his wife, you know, they've, uh, they've been Crystal's mentors, um, ever since I've known her for a while. Um, they're amazing people. And then, you know, they obviously do marriage counseling. So we sat under them and it's kind of just been a space that we can just, um, kind of go for. And, um, then we have, you know, another couple that were kind of Crystal's mentors. She was big on mentorship. Like she was the one that introduced me like, Hey, you should probably have mentors. You know, I have these couple people that have spoken to my life and it's literally changed it for the better. So we kind of just lean on them. They are rock solid couples that have been married for years and years. And it's more so, I think more so her just bringing kind of situations, even though, you know, I have full, uh, you know, ability to text, text them, um, husbands, wives, whatever together or separately. Um, but they know they kind of just have that space of, that we value their opinion. I don't know if we've ever said, Hey, you're our mentors. You know what I mean? But it's just right. been, um, just sitting in that relationship that they have and they have the heart to teach and want to teach. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of, they just kind of scooped us up and we're like, Hey, this is, you know, we're going to go along for the ride. So, um, speaking of that now that how does one, you know, how do you decide that someone is your mentor or going to be a mentor anyway? Because for me, it's just like that just happened. Like we were just, they were people that spoke into my wife's life. So we gave them that space, you know, as we got married. Um, and then, like you said, we have, you know, I, I speak to, you know, friends and associates that, you know, I value their opinion. So um, how do you um, think about that process of even calling someone a mentor or having a mentor come up. Yeah. Um, it's funny because as you were making your last statement, um, that's where my mind went. And I think number one, um, once you are in a space where you're ready to seek advice, which is huge, um, you have to see who it is in your life that is, uh, receptive to, have those conversations with you. Um, I think then you have to figure out whether or not the feedback that you're getting is uh, the right type of feedback. Um, you know, I, w I want to I want to say, you know, the most valuable feedback, but I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Um, you know, but whoever it is that's giving you appropriate feedback, I'll say, 
um, and maybe willing to do that on a consistent basis. But I, I also think that if you're having that conversation that kind of naturally happens, um, more people than not, if you go to them for advice, you know, they're, they're typically over the moon that you were, you know, seeking advice from them. Um, mm-hmm. I know it makes them feel good. I know it makes me feel good when people come to me for advice. You know, like, well, you're smart enough to come from me. I mean, great. Let's have a conversation. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, not so often said, but that's how it feels. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think within the process, I guess what I'm trying to say within the process of having those conversations, you are either told or know that you can go back to them again mm-hmm. and again and again and again, mm-hmm. if the need be. So I, I guess that's how I kind of feel that it happens. Um, you know, it's a little different when you're seeking uh, maybe an actual counselor. You know, you have to actively think beforehand, you know, this is the person that I want to speak to. This is uh, someone that I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in our situation, that wasn't someone that we uh, speak to on a daily basis or even, you know, like a, a weekly basis by any means. Um, but I've known them for most of my life. Uh, I know that they have a successful marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's also a pastor and, you know, all those things were important to me. And I knew he would give me not just his honest opinion, but the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think that could play a little bit differently. Uh, but then I also know that if I needed to go back to them, that they would, you know, be there as, mm-hmm. you know, just an ear if that's what I needed, um, as a source of information, um, as someone who would, you know, break things down for me in a biblical sense. Um, you know, and all, and all those things you, you might get from different people, mm-hmm. but I guess the, those are my thoughts about it. Um, how does it happen in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just like I was saying, they kind of just came in and it was a kind of a uh, people that cared about my wife, you know, now saw our relationship was changing or that I came into their life and, um, you know, they loved me and were like, okay, we're going to make, we're going to make sure that this works for them. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, it's definitely, um, like you said, a counselor is a little different, but when you think of mentors, um, it's kind of just a decision that you decide yourself. I feel like, like, okay, this person values our marriage or this person values, you know, in any situation, but they value the good of me and the, the success for this to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've happened to just continue to be there you know they're one of the first people i think about calling when i have you know xyz whether it's an issue or it's a success um just to give them feedback or just to reach out and let them know and i feel like those people if you don't consider them mentors at least you know they're good sources of truth and sources of reference um and it's good to just be have those type of people in your circle so yeah so there's a, a word I've written down, and I've now circled it. Um, and I know we're going to get into this topic of um, 
you know, examples that we've seen of a strong and successful marriage and the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us to first define what a successful marriage is or Mm -hmm. what our perception of of a successful marriage is. And I think about this often. Um, You know, for me, my grandparents had a long marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've heard me say before that I haven't necessarily had a, a very good example of what a successful marriage is. Mm-hmm. So for me, length of marriage doesn't necessarily speak to success. Um, 100% it, agree. Right. It, it basically just tells me that you didn't want to quit, which is mm-hmm. cool. Right. Um, you know, but how, how was your relationship? Right. That that's big to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes into the success of raising your children. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how how close are you to your partner? You know, are are they your best friend or do you first seek uh, a conversation with someone else? Mm-hmm. Right. When you have a, a success in your day at, at work or whatever the case may be, who's the first one, who's the first person you want to tell? Right. All those things go, in my mind, to you know parts and parts and factors of a successful marriage. Um, you know, longevity, I think, is great, but I think um, it's also more or less a a byproduct of having a healthy marriage and relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also, because of my example, understand that that's not always the case. People can be stubborn in some cases and right. just not grant you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> grant you your release. Right. 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 Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to speak to what their marriage actually was. Um, I can only speak to what my perception of it was. Mm-hmm. But, right. You know, and I, I fully understand that in every marriage there are going to be problems. Um, but when my memory of someone's marriage from an outside perspective uh, tends to lead towards, I remember more problems than successes mm-hmm. in the marriage, um, that doesn't seem like a successful marriage to me. Right. Now, I, with that being said, I know that there was absolutely love within that marriage. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of things that they shared, uh, that they, they jointly loved, uh, one being their children, their grandkids, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they even had some similar interest, um, you know, but if I guess I'm being expository about it, um, there was more times than not that I saw them separated right mm-hmm. um, you could say that you know my grandfather had a man cave and that's where he spent his time mm-hmm. and my uh my grandmother was very very much social had you know her friends that she would spend time with she she was the one who spent more time with the family but uh you know i think my examples of a successful marriage came from outside of my family mm-hmm um, which is, in my opinion, hard to 
base your knowledge of marriage off of because if you're not close to it, it's hard to see the nuances of what makes a marriage successful. Yeah, that's 100% correct. I was thinking about that as you were kind of unpacking. I was like, man, like there's an insight, there's an insight that you get as family with um, just the knowledge, um, the openness that happens because it's family um, that you just either you're either blindsided by and you didn't want to know, but it just kind of shows up or like just because that's family and you're in proximity and you see. So, yeah, I mean, I've, Ooh, that's, 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 that's pretty intense. Um, yeah, I was to answer your question. Um, wait, I know what was the question again? So you, how, you how do you find oh, uh, do I, success in a marriage? Success. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. Oh, before I, before I get into that, um, I think it's hard as well to see the product kind of like the end of life type of marriage. Um, cause obviously when you think of grandparents, unless they're kind of actively sharing their story of what happened before you were able to see it, mm-hmm. um, you can, like you said, the perception of it, um, cause that was just the latter part of their marriage. And as you get older, um, you know, things change and definitely like you can be like, okay, well, you know, I've done such and such in my life. Now I'm going to, for, for, for example, you know, I've made the sacrifices for my family, but now I'm going to kick it in my man cave and this is how we're going to roll. Or you never know what agreement they came to. Like, okay, I, I don't want to be social anymore. Like I'm not a social person. We went through that phase. I did everything with you. We went everywhere, but now, you know, you go hang out with your friends and, you know, as you get older, you can get a little bit more stubborn anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I plan on um, it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but, but you were, you hit it the nail on the head when you said, you know, I know this is just my perception um, and not having, you know, so many examples in your family is hard, but what do I define as a successful marriage? I think, Um, it's kind of shifted even as we've been talking, um, uh, not today, but just over in general, as we've been talking about our marriages and kind of creating this podcast and just some conversations that have sprung up. But I think a successful marriage is, has a couple facets. I think one, um, each partner wanting the best for the other partner, um, and giving them space to grow, succeed and fail. Yes, sir. Um, and I don't know how you see that from the outside all the time without having those conversations, but um, I just want to put that out there. So for if anyone, uh, if that resonates with anyone, I think um, that's where you should start uh, because no one else has that access to your partner or to your marriage to know if that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think number two, I think a successful marriage is um, from the perception standpoint is how does each partner treat each other? Um, and the authenticity that you see, um, because obviously you know that people can put on a front or a show for others. Um, but I, and I think that also, um, ties into just being 
proximate to those people um, and um, them, them understanding it's a space, a safe space for them to be vulnerable around you, to show the real um, side of their marriage or share experiences. Um, and like you said, I think longevity is a byproduct, but I mean, you can see people have like actively having a successful marriage um, based on um, based on how they treat each other and you can feel feel that um, and I think a third thing is how they speak to others about their spouse mm-hmm. um, facts so if you know if someone is and it, and it's all about relationship too right relationship and environment because sometimes you get into a place where um, you know people are talking down about their spouse or venting I would say just venting about their spouse and that's kind of um, sometimes people share just to a show that no one's perfect but b kind of relate and understand like or I've gone through that certain situation so you have to parse through like is this a like teachable moment or are they just bashing their wife you know what I mean right, so right. it's like um, but if someone is always bringing up the negativity about their spouse that may not be the strongest marriage that you see, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, just giving space, um, and uh, propelling your spouse to be the best that they can be. Um, you know, how you react to your spouse in public and then how you speak about your spouse, um, when they're not around. Um, but also I think the trust, and this is more like an internal thing, you never doubting that, um, your spouse is not speaking well of you over you or you knowing that in any situation, like there's no way they did this or they know no way they said that. So for example, if someone came and said, uh, you know, you know, Crystal was out here. She had like a, um, she's super modest, right? So she had this half, uh, you know, this, uh, crop top on her, whatever was hanging out. And I'm like, there is no way like this would ever happen. Like miss me with that. Right. Right. So just like certain things or if they would say, no, obviously people may act out of character, but like until I speak to her and be like, man, did you hear this crazy thing? I can't believe they, you know? Um, but I think just however you can solidify knowing who this person is and their integrity at all times, um, that helps strengthen a marriage. Now, if you're married to someone with questionable choices and questionable integrity, then that's just something that you have to work on. Yeah. Um, but that, that is definitely something that makes a strong marriage is knowing who your partner is. Now, if you know your spouse, you know, you guys have an agreement and it doesn't matter. And that's something, you know, for the example purposes, you know, that's an outfit that you picked out and you loved it and you say, babe, rock that. And she did. Then that's the difference. You know, right, that, right, right. That, that's awesome. You're connecting with her where you guys are and you've made that decision. So, um, but yeah, it's just knowing your spouse and, knowing how they'll react even when you're not around and how they represent you and your family. Yeah. So I would say, I guess, add that they represent your family and your marriage well. Um, That makes a a good marriage. 
Yeah, man. Um, that absolutely resonates with me. Um, I'm thinking about times where we have to, I would say, correct our children, right? Um, <clears throat> and it happens more times than you would think, but, you know, uh, you know, in the moment, a response has to be made to, mm-hmm. you know, a child behaving a certain way. Um, and you can absolutely determine how cohesive you are in your marriage when your child says, mommy already told me that. <laughs> and you haven't had a conversation with your spouse about the topic. Right. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. yes, that's it. we think yeah, alike. The winning is the win. Love it. <laughs> then right. you can react and say, you know, well, now you extra know you need to behave this way. <laughs> I love it. You right. extra know. I'm definitely using that. <laughs> But, um, you know, it got me thinking about legacy as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think um, one of the biggest things I focus on is witnessing my children love um, on others within the family and others outside mm-hmm. the family. And, you know, knowing that they learn that from us by watching how we interact with each other and how we interact with others. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, to see them just take it upon themselves to go and do loving acts mm-hmm. is one of the, the biggest things to me that, um, you know, indicate that you have a successful marriage. Right. Ooh, that's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That is. Yeah, I agree. A thousand percent. Yeah, I'm convinced that there needs to be an a thousand emoji, not just a hundred emoji. Because yeah, definitely. <laughs> these last couple uh, weeks, I've just been wanting to, and I was like, "Man, where is it?" <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I agree. That's that's great. Um, so speaking of examples, um, since we mentioned it, I will say I have, um, obviously my mentors, but they're kind of that's more recent. Um, you know, I'm 12, 12 years, uh, married. So, um, obviously there were examples before we got married. Um, Mm -hmm. I think my, my parents, um, were a strong example that is, uh, as I'm learning invaluable, um, based on my experiences with, uh, and my friendships and associations with other people. Um, they didn't, not everyone has that example of, um, for me, especially being, um, you know, a believer in Jesus Christ and that focus within our household, mm-hmm. um, that kind of set me in a, in my trajectory on how I value just love and sacrifice and marriage and, you know, giving to others and all that and kind of see that walked out and how as a couple, um, like you said, you're, you're on the same page or presenting on the same page at least, um, so that the messages continue to be given, um, to everyone that will, that sees you, whether it be your kids, um, you know, grandkids, uh, friends, other, you know, other family members, because all those situations, you know, of my life that come down to seeing how they as a married couple react to every situation, you know, job loss, moving, you know, friends, quote unquote enemies, you know, people that are out to get you, like all those things, how they react. I got to see firsthand um, as much as they would let us for our 
age appropriateness. Right. Yeah. If that makes big, sense. Um, so, I mean, there's some things I didn't know until we got to got way older or even got mm-hmm. married, you know, even as an adult and into marriage as, you know, we speak to them, uh, more so I never really think of them as mentors. Um, but we definitely open, you know, our lives are open to them mm-hmm. and we give them that space. Um, so, I mean, I guess they would be now that I think about it, but it's just one of those, like for me, the mentor space was, it was someone that Crystal knew that cared about us. So, you know, so it's just, my parents are just my parents. If, right, right. If that makes sense. So that relationship is what it is. Um, but yeah, they're definitely an example. Um, I think um, uh, the Tabrons mm-hmm. are a good example uh, for me in that formative kind of high school age. Um, I think that makes a lot of um, influence on your life because, well, for me, once I went to college, I wasn't really around or even thinking about that aspect of life. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, my grandparents as well, um, but that was kind of the same thing, like, they, my mom's parents, because my, uh, you know, they, the more they got closer to the end of life, you could, you knew they loved each other, but they definitely had their space of, um, their own space to live, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were, they were big on corralling the family together, um, you know, dropping nuggets, you know, whenever, um, probably more unintentionally than intentionally, but well, maybe in my, in my mind, because I'm a kid, but they were probably like, let me impart into these clowns because they need it. Um, So, um, but I think those were, those are probably the most solid um, examples. I know my parents, when we were growing up, wherever we lived, they always liked to have a core group of uh, families around kind of our families away from our family. Um, and that just happened to be mostly married couples that they would attach to, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, you know, just good attracts good, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. so I got to see some solid, um, solid examples. I don't really have any others offhand, but I know that we've kind of always been around, you know, kind of family units that were strong, um, which always stems from a, a solid foundation of marriage. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's funny. My mind's gone a different, a couple of different places. Um, you know, I think that your parents' marriage was one of the most positive examples I've had in my life. Um, even though I wasn't in it like you were, mm-hmm. um, it was definitely something that I took notice to. I spent a lot of time at your house. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say... Matu Big John for me mm-hmm. is another example of a of a successful marriage, um, and I think inherently, as I'm kind of like deep diving here, um, I knew where I wanted to be in my life. As far as I always knew, I'd be married at some point, mm-hmm. and I think that. I probably surrounded or at least tried to spend it as most time as I could 
around those examples you know for you your your parents kind of in, injected you into that mm-hmm. um and now i'm now that i'm thinking about it you know i didn't spend a lot of time with the tabrons but i have spent some time and that is something that stuck out to me about them as well is that their their marriage always seemed to be uh i guess healthy as far as you know my perspective of it was um but i i think i sp- I don't, I don't know how to really put it, but I maybe would say unconsciously tried to inject myself into uh, other people's families so mm-hmm. I could kind of get a taste of what that life was, right? Um, I grew up in a single parent home and, you know, I had seen my mom date people here and there, but, um, you know, she was divorced when I was very young. I would say I was probably three years old when we moved out here from California and that was finalized. Um, and then she never got remarried, you know? And so I I watched her live a very hard life and Mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, if she had someone helping her with everything that was going on within the household, Mm -hmm. you know, her life would absolutely have been easier, but Again, you know, that's to say that if it was within a healthy marriage or right. a healthy relationship, um, you know, and I, and I just really didn't get a lot of that um, out of the relationships that she, uh, you know, was a part of. Um, but, that, you know, that's a topic for another day. Right. Um, so I, I think as I do now, as far as mentorship is concerned, you know, you can, you can get a mentor out of reading a book, out of listening to a podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. out of just absorbing your surroundings, which, you know, I, now that I'm realizing it, I probably was actively seeking, not knowing it, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just as a child trying to be in a more positive uh, space, you know, I would spend a lot of my time at my uh, friend's parents houses mm-hmm. trying to just take some of that into myself and um you know being older now i can probably say that they probably knew that mm-hmm. and just thinking of, about how a lot of those people uh i guess treated me or reacted to my presence um many of them tried to provide that to me mm-hmm you know, uh, we call her Ma too, right? Being like right. A, a pseudo parent to me. Um, but I think even when I was younger, I could say like 11, 12, 13 years age of, uh, of age, there were kids that I went to grade school with that I spent a lot of time at their houses and I would mm-hmm. have dinner at their house. And man, that's weird to like really reflect back on that, that, you know, I, I spent a lot of time outside of my own home, uh, probably seeking some sort of mentorship from adults, mm-hmm. you know, man, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. I think looking, looking back on it definitely sees, but also knowing as you're speaking, knowing what I, what kind of our role as a family is now, like we, um, we actively want to want to create an environment where if people want to like our door is open to help, mm-hmm. you know, with, um, you know, the young people, I mean, we're, um, my wife and I were, 
over uh, youth and young adult ministry for a while. So like, that's kind of a thing, like those kids that, you know, need uh, just a different perspective from their home life. Like we've kind of grafted into our family and, um, you know, they, even though we're not doing that now, they still like actively call and seek direction or, you know, even, even in, you know, it's, 2021 COVID time. So it's like, even if they're like, Hey, can we, you know, stop by and they'll come by, you know, masked up and all that kind of stuff. And just, uh, you know, when it's nicer out, just be on the back porch, the back patio, and just really just, you know, vent in their space that they know that someone can hear. And like, that's as a parent when you, or as you spoke, like they probably knew, they definitely knew, um, you know, or, and that's why, you know, they allowed you to be around and that's why mm-hmm. they used every opportunity they could to speak into your life. Um, cause that's, I know that's, that's what we're doing. Right. Um, so with, you know, our oldest friends, um, like I said, the, the youth group and even, um, and it'll probably happen as our youngest continues to grow and has friends over, but I mean, but we want to be that house. We want to be the right. house where all right, the kids right. come to, um, and it's just a safe space for them to just be. And then they can just act, we, they can just actively absorb, um, you know, what's going on, those things that we deposit into their life, and hopefully by the, you know, by the time they're our age, they'll realize it and talk yeah. about it on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> uh, testimony to that. <laughs> it works. <laughs> you know, and then even further, you know, like you're saying, you know, I want to be in a position where I can pour that back into the community as well, right? Mm-hmm. It's played a, a huge role in my life, really, for the first time actively. Actually, no, I can't say that. I'm, I'm thinking of this video I made. Um, I believe it was on TikTok where I was being very mindful of the people who have positively poured into my life, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to document thanking all those folks. Mm-hmm. And so... In you know the short clip that uh, TikTok allows you to do, um, I just kind of ran down the list of all those people. I don't know if you've ever even actually seen that video that I made, uh, but you and Crystal were on that list. Your par- hey. your parents were on that list, um, and I'm now starting to think about how many people on that list are married and in successful marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I had framed it. Um, it was more of me, um, realizing that I had all of these examples of kindness in my lifetime Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I felt that I just needed to get that out and, you know, say thank you, you know, whether they heard it or not, it's, it's out in the world, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I think a lot of that goes back to what I was saying earlier is that, you know, they, they saw that I had a need and, you know, actively sought to pour into my life to, to be uh, a positive example, to be helpful. Um, you know, sometimes I got offers of you know monetary help when I was in a bad way, but you know me, I'm stubborn. I'm gonna probably tell you no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that's uh, know, just another reflection for me to to put out there and. Man, how did you actively make it through that video without getting emotional? Like, um, I, I haven't seen it, but like just me thinking and reflecting 
in those spaces, even just in my thought process, I get emotional. Like, oh my goodness, have, you know, these are the people that have helped me. Like, yeah, um, it's probably because I had put thought into it before I made the video, mm. um, and you know, it was it was more or less me just running down the list. So, gotcha. You know, I I would say I probably did get a little emotional beforehand as you know that that desire to make that video struck me and I had mm -hmm. to put the thought into who it all right. was that, you know, poured into my life. Um, and then you kind of get this other side of emotion of, you know, relief as I got that off my chest and I was like, okay, it's out there. I might not be able to individually, uh, you know, thank all these people, but you know, I, I put it out there um hopefully they'll see it um i i would imagine that there are some people on that list that aren't with us anymore mm -hmm. right um but i don't know it was intentional and as far as getting emotional i uh i think because i had put so much thought into producing it and it was more or less just me like listing out a bunch of people and it, yeah. and it also happened very quickly that uh Right, TikTok only gives you a certain amount of time. Yeah, so. yeah, and and I think the the mental space I was in was, um, you know, more or less just like gratitude, and mm -hmm. you know, after I had thought of all the names that I wanted to say, I wasn't in the frame of mind of thinking of what they actually did in yeah, that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. if I had done that, I'd have been a wreck. Right. <laughs> One thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did we miss anything? I know um, we talked about kind of. I would say the only thing we didn't say would be. Um, I, I would say we didn't elaborate on examples of unsuccessful marriages that we've uh, that we wit that we've witnessed. Um, I mean, we could do that. Yeah. Um, you don't have to say, I guess, names of people, but uh, certain situations or traits that. Okay, I'll 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 uh, pitch it back to you. What are some, uh, I would say, red flags or um, examples uh, of things that you would not want to happen in your marriage, or um, something that you see that uh, an example of this, you would definitely want to improve on if, you know, this is your marriage situation. Um, do you have any specific uh, things that come to mind? You know, I do. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, now I was very young, but for whatever reason for me, um, I've always been able to, have certain memories from my young life. And mm -hmm. when I say young life, I mean extremely young. I mean like two and oh, three years old. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's very crazy. And I, I speak, or I used to speak to my mom about being in California and I would say, say certain things to her or I would ask her questions about the environment out there. Um, and she would always say like, how do you remember that? I was like, I don't know. I just remember like we would leave the house, take a left and a couple blocks down the road, like there was a park there. She was like, yeah, there was a park there. 
Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's that, like, that's not something you could remember from pictures, right? Like right. I, I remember Agreed. actively taking that walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being in my neighbor's house at like three and four years old and helping mm-hmm. them wash the dishes and whatnot. Um, I remember one time I, uh, I told her, uh, oh, th- we live near a store, right? Like we would leave our house, we take a right. And I feel like if you were, if you had the our house, house on your right, one block over or maybe two blocks over to the right. And then if you went straight, like there was the supermarket. She was like, how do you remember that? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But case in point, as far as negative uh, marriages, her marriage when we were out there um, before she got divorced and moved back out this way, um, it was violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember at one point my, I, guess, I, don't, even, I don't even, I don't even want to call him a father. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember them having a physical altercation and them throwing a bottle of like cough syrup and it, it hit like a dresser and burst. And I just remember that smell of like grape Robitussin in the air. Mm-hmm. And you know, that obviously has stuck out in my mm-hmm. experience for a long time. I, you know, I remember them yelling at each other often and I try to be very mindful of that in my marriage like there's there's no need to yell you can be an adult Mm -hmm. and you can have a conversation you know obviously things can get heated when you care Mm -hmm. that much about someone and about a situation right um but there is absolutely a way to communicate without raising your voice and you know as an adult you can even learn to let someone know how angry you are without raising your voice Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's one thing that I tr- I find myself trying to control, especially within my children, um, you know, and it, it'll happen with them more or less because they aren't always able to communicate what their thoughts are, right? So they get frustrated and they, mm-hmm. they might have an outburst. Um, but I always try to bring it back to, you know, a, a calm state and mm-hmm. we might we might leave the room if there are other people in the home, um, this, this happened with my daughter the other day, you know, she had an outburst and she was mad about, you know, whatever the, the situation was. And rather than yelling back at her and saying, you know, this is unacceptable and all these other things. I said to her, uh, you know, Cheyenne, let's, we, we need to go upstairs and have a conversation. Right. So we separated ourselves from her reactionary state. And we went upstairs and in a very calm voice, you know, I let her know first and foremost that those behaviors aren't accepted in this house mm-hmm. and that, you know, my expectation of her behavior, you know, I let that be known. Um, and then I try to create a safe space for her to voice her feelings and voice her opinion about what, you know, the situation is. Um, you know, afterwards we always hug it out and I let mm-hmm. her know that she's loved and, you know, I, that I, that I understand, um, you know, more than she'll ever know what she is feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, that, I guess that for me 
is a derivative of everything that I witnessed mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And, you know, that's an environment I never want them to grow up in. Right. Because it it affects you more than, I can't say more than you'll ever know, but, you know, sometimes when parents aren't in tune to what's going on and mm-hmm. to what their children are picking up, it could be a crazy way for a child to grow up and, um, you know, whether they want to or not, chances are those things are going to come out in their life at some point, which I know they have for me. And it took a lot of work for me to really separate myself from that. Um, and it's honestly even just a, a a constant battle for me. Um, you know, I, I just always have to be mindful of it and make the choice not to behave in that manner. Right. So I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, how about for you? What a, um, yeah, I think, uh, that's a good one. Um, just to speak on that, like I, I learned that, um, more so from, uh, my wife's experience. Um, she, her family is just loud, uh, but they're also, she said, you know, she grew up around a lot of yelling. Um, so for her, her, her parenting style, um, because I, I met her um, when our oldest was 10. So, like, I came into, uh, you know, a single-family environment. So seeing how she parented kind of affected that. But having those conversations, even how she came to that, but more so how we decided we were going to talk to each other mm-hmm. um, in all manners because of her background, um, you know, allowed me to, realized that I couldn't yell and I didn't, I never thought of myself as a, as a yeller, but when you love someone so much and that vulnerability is there, like Mm -hmm. it can bring things out that you didn't even know. Like, I know I can be loud, but that was never in a, I love this person so much situation. (laughs) If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, I think, um, just, uh, I touched on a little bit, but just like a lack of respect. Um, just it, you can see, um, witness just how, um, how someone, and a lot of it stems from hurt, though, in my experiences, like. Mm-hmm you know, you may witness a couple and they be going through something or they've had, um, you know, a long time of being hurt and just how they speak about each other or, you know, make little digs at each other in, you know, um, in like a kid in, in a communal space. Um, and that's, uh, like you can feel when it's not a joke you know what I mean? Mm, like if you, yeah. if, if there's like a, a friend group and you, it's a group of people who have known each other, well, obviously we're, well, in my experience, we're going to, you know, take jabs and clown at everyone in the group. Mm. Um, but it's, you can feel when it shifts to something that's a little bit more intense and more of a dig. And then it's like, it just changes the whole atmosphere of the room. Like, Ooh, you know, right, right, right. So, um, but I think, um, you know, I've had, uh, examples of, you know, just, uh, I think 
I think it's always good to talk about substances within uh, a marriage mm-hmm. um, because if it goes from recreational to abuse, um, how that can just totally um, destroy a marriage. But that's that's a different topic as well. Right. Um, uh, but I think the, the I think a big one for me is the power play within marriage. Um, you know, coming from the background that I have with a lot of people, you know, or traditionally like gender roles and people saying the man is this and the woman is this um, and how that can, if even if both parties agree with that, if uh, the husband is not um, acting like a lot of people use, you know, husband love your wife like uh, Christ loved the church and the husband is the head of the home. Um, but if you're not willing to lay down your life, like Christ laid down his life for the church and you're not actively creating that environment, then that can be very toxic. Right. Um, that can be a very controlling situation. You know, what you say goes and that's it. That's more of a traditional standpoint um, that I've witnessed. Um, so that can be like witnessing that. I feel like that can be super top toxic even if both partners believe that is the case mm-hmm. but that gives all the power and all the um all the authority into one person and we're all flawed and we all make mistakes so like that's putting your marriage basically in one person and mm-hmm. letting that just ride out based on how they're feeling which is is terrible or yeah. creates terrible situations because you know if I'm if that's how our what life is and I had a terrible day and I come home and I just wreck everything around me because I had a bad day. Like mm-hmm. that's the effects of my family on my family is, you know, paramount. So um, I think those are a couple examples of things that you have to be conscious of and really want to improve upon. And I think that that last example, it puts a lot of pressure on the husband. If you're if that's how you're feeling your marriage is like now I would feel like I have to be perfect, perfect every day because I do love my family. I do want the best of them and I have to make all the decisions and I have to provide everything. And, you know, I can't be wrong. And the stress of life, just that stress alone allows you to crumble, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, and then obviously the steps that I just mentioned, you know, come to pass. So, um, yeah, I think those would those would be my things to be mindful of and need to improve on. So, awesome. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was good because uh, I I've been there in in my marriage where I didn't realize that's what was happening. Um, you know, I was I was caught up in my day to day of I have to do X Y and Z to be successful, and that's the only way that this marriage is going to move forward. And, you know, we, we might have discussions of what our goals were, but they weren't necessarily our goals. You know, it was, I wanted out of life. We were, we were still, when we first got married, living single lives, right? I want this. She wanted that. And those things weren't good one too. You know, those things weren't Mm -hmm. cohesive until we finally learned that we know we need to have like conversations about how we can move forward together. And, you know, um, you know, these, there's going to have to be sacrifices, but it's going to be for the better good. And what you learn is when you actually start having those conversations together, it's a lot easier to attain your goals, number one. Mm -hmm. 
And when you're having those conversations, they do become our goals. And, you know, you care more about them because now, like you said, you lay down your life for your partner. You're, um, you're, I think, more apt to act, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, I'm now behaving this in this manner for someone else. Mm -hmm. So it creates that accountability to, Mm -hmm. you know, get the things done that you need to get done. But, you know, um, you know, for me, you, you had alluded to it. You know, if I had a bad day after everything that I would do in the day between, you know, full-time job and running a business and anything else that was going on, I would come home. And if I had a you know bad day, sometimes it would get dumped onto my family. Right. Um, and so I have to be very mindful to try to leave that at the door, mm-hmm. preferably at the work Down door. The street. Yeah. The door <laughs> you know, cause, cause at the door is probably too close. Too right? close. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so now I'm, I'm very mindful of that and I try to be in an appropriate headspace when I walk in the door and I'm not perfect by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when I walk in the door, my kids want to play and it used to be that like, dad's tired, you know, like I, this, and I wouldn't even say like this, this, or this happened. I, I would bottle it up mm-hmm. because I didn't want them to see it, but they, Maybe they don't see it. They feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely feel it. You know, what's going on with that? Why is he so, you know, sad or mad or whatever's going on? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I try to walk in the door with a, a better mindset now that, look, your kids need you. As soon as you walk through this door, they're going to want to jump on you and play and all those things. All right, get ready for that. And then you walk in the door and, you know, we're wrestling and, you know, all these things and. I want a piggyback ride and I want you to throw me in the air and all that. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, we, we make the time for the things that we want to do. Right. And we also preserve energy for the things we want to do. Facts. And I want to be there for my family. I want to be there for my children. So Mm -hmm. whatever I have to do to have energy left at the end of the day, when I walk in that door, that's not what I'm choosing to do. Mm-hmm. So whatever it takes to manufacture that, if that is the case, you know, and maybe that sounds bad to some people out there. Like, how do you not have energy for your kids? Like, well, live a day in my life. <laughs> right? Right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, I choose to dig as deep as I can and give them that time and, you know, be the playful dad and, you know, all those things and, you know, pour into them, um, how I wish I had experienced life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm always trying to rant. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. I like, I like that. It's just actively making choices. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's good. I, I know we, uh, just as we close it out, just, um, talking about living single lives. I mean, we see that my wife and I see that all the time with couples, um, that, and and what they want to do is good. Like singly for themselves is great. They're great ideas. But when you decide to get married, which is a decision, you know, once you make that decision, now you have to say not just what's best for wife or not what's just best for husband, but what's best for marriage mm-hmm. and that what's best for us. And so you have to communicate that and then make the choices that this is what we're going to do. And then once, like you said, once you've communicated that, it, it does get easier as you do it more and more. 
Um, and then it kind of just becomes second nature. Like you're not even like you have the thoughts for yourself, but you know that you have to bring it together and see how it works as, as a unit. And then once you have little ones, how does that affect the family? So that's definitely a good lesson to learn. Um, and that'll definitely send you on a, a good trajectory for your marriage, you know, not just thinking what about, what about me, but what, what's it about for us and what's the best for us. So, um, you have any thoughts as we wrap it up? Um, well, I would say just only that, you know, it's a large part of why I'm doing this podcast is to, you know, actively always be thinking about how I can, how I can improve my marriage and to also reflect on my marriage. Um, so I can see where I need to improve and, and, you know, and where I need to focus. Mm. Um, But outside of that, you know, uh, I don't really have anything else to add. All right. Cool. uh, Uh, Wrap it up. All right. Hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. It was a great talk, man. Uh, Like I told you, it's always uh, therapeutic to to speak to you on this topic. So uh, guys, if, you got any value out of this podcast um please like and subscribe hit that little bell notification so you can see when we uh or not miss when we upload another episode um and until then i'm brian and, I'm and we, and we are out <laughs>